Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there and thanks for joining us. First episode of 2023. So we'll have to talk about New Year's resolutions and the companies that are out there to help you with them. But 2022 ended with a major development for a cybersecurity firm, SmartTech 24-7. And 2023 is going to be another exciting year as a result. The Cork-based company has been listed on London's AIM Stock Exchange and has been valued at more than £36 million pounds sterling. Founder and Executive Chairman Ronan Murphy is on the line. Ronan, lovely to talk to you again. You too, Jonathan. Uh, thanks very much for speaking with us today. It is going to be a busy year for you, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a very exciting year. Um, I mean, being a publicly listed company on the London Stock Exchange really puts us up in lights and it uh, it puts us in a very exciting position to really scale the business now internationally. I mean, there is a market for this. We've talked many times over the years. Cybersecurity and cyber criminals, uh, definitely they're busy. Yeah, look, there's, there's a couple of macro factors affecting the industry. Um, I would say in a negative light and there, there's a huge skill shortage. It's estimated there's over 2 million job vacancies in cyber. Uh, technology is getting more complicated, so people are struggling to manage all of this technology sprawl. And then obviously, as you said, the bad guys are becoming more sophisticated. They're becoming more well-funded and you're having a lot of nation states such as Russia, North Korea and China involved in the conversation now too. So there's a big demand for the capabilities and the services that cyber companies deliver. It's it's a ongoing game of cat and mouse. Uh, you're you're just trying to stay one step ahead. Then they'll creep ahead. Then you have to try and smack them down again. Who's winning that particular race? Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I mean, it's um, I th- I think for the most part, companies are really getting their act together and they're starting to improve their systems and so forth. And then every couple of months, you have you know, a new major vulnerability that comes out and it wreaks absolute havoc and there's been plenty of those over the last two or three years. So I think companies are getting much better, but look, you're always on uber alert. You're always really trying to ensure that you're on top of it to stop yourself getting hit. And, you know, companies are continually getting hit. But on top of that, Jonathan, it's not just the bad guys. I mean, there's no huge risk with your own employees and people working from home or taking data and then there's the whole problem with regulation as well where regulators you know we're familiar with GDPR and these these big regulations but many industries now whether it's healthcare or legal or um, consumer goods all have their own regulations in place now too so it's um it's 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 a complex environment for businesses to navigate from a both a security and a compliance perspective even before you floated on the AIM stock exchange you guys had been accruing uh, business right around Europe. How many offices do you have now? Where are you operating out of? Yeah, we've several offices. We're headquartered in Cor- up in Cork Airport, major facility in Krakow and Bucharest, major uh, sorry Krakow in Poland, major facility in Bucharest in Romania. Uh, we've opened offices in Belfast. We've opened offices in New York. So yeah, we've a really interesting international footprint. So it's great. And where do you go from here? Like it's partnerships really that will make a difference in this sector. So are you looking at building on those existing partnerships and looking to new ones? Yeah, lots of exciting partnerships in tow um, and existing uh, partnerships with, you know, uh, major brand names like IBM and others. But I think um, from uh, our perspective right now, Jonathan, it's a huge investment in innovation. You you talked a moment ago about cat and mouse and obviously to stay ahead of 
um, you need to be continually innovating. You need to be investing in the next breed of technology that can help you stave off these types of attacks. So we have an amazing software development team. We're continually building new products and bringing those to market to help keep our customers secure. Um, when you look ahead to the year 2023, nobody would have predicted, even this time last year, an actual war, never mind a cyber war. But what do you see as the biggest risk profile for the year ahead? Um, look, Ukraine and Russia obviously is a huge risk because what you'll often find is that um, you know countries like Russia have a very uh, strong cyber capability to develop these tools with a view to creating as much damage to um, countries like Ukraine that they can. Um, unfortunately, it's not always easy to control those types of cyber weapons. And in many cases, and this has been seen before, they spiral out of control and they have... Um, there's casualties elsewhere in the world and that's been seen with WannaCry that's seen, been seen with NotPetya so I mean that's always a huge risk when there's um, geopolitical instability in the world and um, everybody is on, on high alert because of that We've spoken at Zero Day Con uh, and other events over the years about what businesses and, and leaders of businesses can do to try uh, and reduce the risk uh, it, be, it seems to be getting more and more complicated Ronan uh, as to what action needs to be taken but if you were advising a business owner right now even a company in Ireland that doesn't think it's at risk and doesn't think that they're a target what do you say to them? It's get the basics right so I mean there's there's certain um, basic uh, standards that can be implemented across organisations from both a cyber perspective a governance and a risk perspective and that's you know in ensuring that you all of your software is up to date that you've got the proper controls in place and i would say probably one of the most obvious ones but one that's often overlooked jonathan is the education and training of your staff because the human being is always the weakest link and they're always the people that click on that email or you know forward an invoice to to our payment to the wrong person because they've been fooled because of an invoice fraud redirection or whatever it might be so education of staff but, but in addition, having the basics, right, the, the you know, updating of the software and so forth. Okay. Finally, I mentioned Zero Day Con. We've worked on it a couple of years now. I'm the idiot in the room. You're the expert. When's it on this year? And uh, what's the target and the focus? Yeah, look, it's on the, in the 9th of March in the Convention Centre. It's going to be a really exciting event with world-class speakers and participates, participants uh, coming along. And it's really talking about... Um, where the next wave of attacks are coming and how organisations can mitigate that risk by um, ensuring that they've implemented the correct controls across their organisations. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be our biggest and best one yet and uh, delighted to have you uh, heading up proceedings on today, Jonathan. Okay. I'll try not to make a mess of it. ZeroDayCon.com is the website if you want to have a look at that. Ronan Murphy of SmartTech 24-7. Best of luck with the year ahead, Ronan. Thanks, Jonathan. Now, it is the time of the year when we tell ourselves we need to shift half a stone, more in my case, or we're going to be as fit as the same bolt by the end of the month. None of that is realistic. But what about joining a gym where the focus isn't on getting the perfect body? In fact, it's a gym where there are no weighing scales and, more importantly, no mirrors. That's the premise for my mental fitness in Ballincollig, where founder Colin Gare wants to place the focus on your mental well-being rather than your physical appearance. Colin, how are you? I'm good, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, perfect time of the year to have a chat about this. Everybody feels terrible after overdoing it at Christmas. And uh, that's kind of very much at the core of it, isn't it? That's exactly at the core of it, yeah, Jonathan. Um, it's just about keeping a positive attitude or positive 
outlook you know all year round you know we can all get times when we're not feeling great or we're feeling down it's just to combat that to stay fit to stay healthy and most importantly to keep a positive mental attitude so what is in the gym you don't have mirrors and you don't have scales so what do you have so i mean i have all exercise equipment all, all my sessions are one-on-one um and i combine them with psychotherapists as well so i combine psychotherapy with exercise to help people first get fit but also to look after their mental health and say if someone suffers from depression to recognize the signs when they start to feel down and to have you know an arsenal of you know um useful tips to help them combat it before it becomes too extreme yeah i mean and, and that is the problem isn't it that you know if people go to the gym feeling a bit off like there, there's no miracle that can be performed no matter what the gym or the instructor no there's not no there's no miracle for anything you know it's, it's actually hard work looking after your mental health and i know that myself you have to put a lot of work into it but it's the most rewarding work then as well at the same time you know you have a degree in psychotherapy so therefore you're bringing a little bit of extra to this how do you combine that and the gym i mean did you have to do training in the gym as well were you always a bit so, of a gym bunny Sorry, yeah. So uh, I suppose I'm a qualified personal trainer as well. So what I do is on a typical session, it's about an hour. Someone comes in, we have a chat. We try to put, we try to put a, a, a positive spin on things. We try to put uh, things in place so that the the client is better able to deal with their lives and it has to work for them. And then for the second half of the session, maybe we do a workout just to get the blood flowing, just to get the endorphins released, so that if they leave feeling good, and hopefully that good feeling kind of persists over the week you know you mentioned that uh, physical fitness and training and exercise helped you at, at one stage that kind of preempted all of this oh it did yeah 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 so i mean i spent a lot of years without any goals and any ambition kind of just partying totally feeling lost and you know i didn't really know any other way of living and eventually after a lot of years you know i uh, i asked for help and i got it and you know after i got the help Exercise is really what kept me on the straight and narrow, you know. But after a while, you know, the exercise it was great, but I mean, I kind of got consumed with exercise. So I, you know, I decided to study psychotherapy just to get a better understanding of my own head. And then the combination of the both really has put me into where I am now, and I couldn't be happier, to be honest. I'm fascinated by the mirrors decision because we, we put a gym into our GAA club recently and there was a protracted row over mirrors and whether there should be mirrors, what size the mirrors should be, where the mirrors should be placed. And I didn't realise mirrors were such a divisive thing in a gym, but they can really make people self-conscious. Oh, 100%. And the scales as well. I mean, if someone comes in, I don't think the measure of a good week should be that they've lost weight or how they look in the mirror. It should be about how they feel. So I really want to take the focus off the mirror and the scales and just put it on to how you're feeling in yourself. I know myself back when I started exercising, if I had a good week and I stood in the scales and the scales said I was up weight, it would throw me for the day. And I was in a good mood before I stood in it. So I'm trying to get the focus off that and just on how you feel. And would you know, once you get your head in the right place, everything else is going to fall into place regardless. So you don't need to worry about the scales or the mirror because once your head is right, Everything else, everything else is going to work out for you. People are making a lot of New Year's resolutions this week. Some of them have been broken already. Uh, I, I, I'm not passing comment on myself here. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we are doing our best to try and, and, and right the ship. What advice do you give people who are going make or break? This is make or break right now. If I don't do this or I don't do that, I have failed. Uh, keep things simple. Keep things simple and just keep showing up. I mean, there's going to be days, like say if someone was coming to me and there's days they don't want to come. All you have to do is just come in, keep showing up, stick at it. But most importantly, keep things simple and make things realistic and make sure they work for you.
<laughs> uh, you've had the business now. You opened, I think, in what, September? So wh- September, wh- yeah. What's it been like for you when people come through that door, see no mirrors, see no weighing scales and, and get the concept? It's, re- it's, 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 it's been really positive. I couldn't have imagined how it would, it would get so busy so fast. You know, I was expecting uh, to have a longer period where I would be kind of looking for work. But the kind of the messages keep coming in. There's a lot of interest in it. And once people finally make the decision then to to sign up, you know, they might come down first and it might be a week or two, then they decide to, to sign up. From then on, it's really, a, it's a good journey with me, with me, you know. Um, we kind of go on the journey together and we really just find, I really just look for, you know, tools that help the client, but also a lifestyle that helps them as well. Not everybody wants to get up and train at half six in the morning, you know. Some people want to train in the evening. Not everybody wants to eat, you know, chicken every day. So I try to get, you know, healthier foods into them as well. It's really just about finding something that works for my clients. You Absolutely. Know? It's, it's, uh, everybody's fit is different. Uh, what's the website or the Instagram or how can people find you, Colin? So my website is www.mymentalfitness.ie or my Instagram page is mymentalfitness2020. Okay. 2022, sorry. 2022. Okay, well, you, you yeah. run into trouble now when you get to 2025. When did you set up your business, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Colin? And he's just there forever. Colin Gare of mymentalfitness.ie out in Balling, Collie. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, Colin. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Now, while hitting the gym is one of the most popular New Year's resolutions, a lot of people get great excitement from decluttering their house, and my next guest is there to help them. Anne-Marie Kingston of White Sage Decluttering. How are you? I'm very good, Jonathan. It's lovely to talk to you. Are you the equivalent of Marie Kondo for Cork? I have been compared to Marie Kondo for the last six years, Jonathan, but I don't use her concept. I've come up with my own actual organisational systems that I've developed myself. Right, okay, so talk me through it. Now, my house, you should see the state of it after Christmas. There's bits of toys all over the place. You stand on a Lego brick more often than you don't. And there's a load of new stuff that, and the old stuff hadn't been shifted out. So how help me, help me, Anne-Marie. So when it comes to decluttering, I suppose a lot of people, Jonathan, get decluttering mixed up with tidying. So basically decluttering is your ability to let go. So you're letting stuff, so I mean letting stuff go, it's going out the door, Jonathan, because what happens is people start moving the clutter around the house. They're just tidying it. So you really have to get stuff out. And I'd always put a time limit on it. 12 to 24 hours, it needs to be going to the charity, family and friends, if it needs to go to a recycling center, for instance, if you have um, electrical items or anything broken, they need to be going out because what people are doing, they're shoving them out into the garage, up into the attic, and they're not dealing with it. It is just, as I said, moving around the four corners of the house again. Mm. And you don't see the transformation. You see, when, when there are shared own shared ownership on things, so t- take toys, for example. Now, if you, yeah. oh, I, I use that toy all the time. No, you don't. I use that uh, chair all <laughs> the time. I've never seen you sit on that chair. How yeah. do you resolve those, those um, interpersonal conflicts over stuff? And especially with toys, right? I'd always say do a clearance, like obviously do a declutter before the arrival of Santa and again after Santa because like again with toys, for instance, okay, there's going to be toys that are no longer age appropriate. So like, for instance, I'm at the stage that we have three kids, nine, seven and a 21, 21 month year old or 21 month old and like that, there's toys that she's no longer playing with they're going out the door because there's more stuff coming in and it's just keeping control because what happens is with toys especially like we know the value of them and what they cost and it's just you have to get stuff out because what happens is the kids are getting overwhelmed they're surrounded by so much stuff and they don't know what to play with and like mine and like many other kids around the country they'd be happy coloring 
if I give him a cardboard box, they'd have more enjoyment out of that. <laughs> you just, less is more. And that's for all of us right across mm. the the sector. Yeah, I mean, the age groups change, uh, but the, the yeah. hoarding doesn't really. I mean, we are instinctive in our hoarding, aren't we? We don't like throwing stuff away as a rule. We don't. And I think as a nation, I think that's how, and I'm not too sure like where other nations are so bad, but we're, I'm kind of going back, even reflecting back, I suppose, it's like going back to the famine times when money was scarce and clutter again like i'm always asked where does clutter come from and it goes back to our ancestors or parents or grandparents when there was very little jonathan there and we were you know we hold on to everything just in case that'll come in handy so how many of us have said that we've all said it we're like that'd be handy sometimes exactly, yeah, but we, do we use it no we make fool, goes, fool of ourselves that's all we're doing we're literally fooling it. ourselves and to think we're going to use that ever again so therefore i have reached the low point where i need Anne marie kingston of white sage decluttering to come in and help me and like mary poppins you come down in an umbrella and land at my front door what do you do to help me I sure do. So what happens first, I suppose, is uh, clients that want to work with me, they send me pictures, first of all, of their clutter. Now, I'd always say the pictures are for my eyes only so that I can see exactly am I the right service uh, for that person and to see how I can support them and how many days it'll, um, it'll take for me to transform because I transform a space usually in a day. Um, and that's a good six hours now, Jonathan. We roll up the sleeves, we get the work done. But what we're doing is instead of moving the clutter around, we're handling every single thing because that's what a deep dive declutter is. We want to see what we have and what we don't need and what we need to let go of because what happens, and I've seen it so much, people just kind of, you know, they kind of just flick through bits and pieces, but they don't know exactly what's in there. And we need to be able to see everything in our house because clutter is personal to us all differently. Mm. So your clutter and my clutter will be so, totally different. And some people are more sentimental than others. So it's really important just to see, okay, what do we have? And another thing that I'm very passionate about is, God forbid, look, if anything happened to us in the morning, who's going to have to deal with it? And yeah. I really want, I suppose, the nation of Ireland to get behind and say, do you know what, get, like I suppose, like the Swedish method, the the, um, the clean death method, that you're, do you know, that you're up there, that you're on top of your clutter. Because clutter, it's not, it is, is a continuous process. It never, never stops. Mm. You just have to keep at it and have the systems because so many people are tidied and they can't understand, like women would say to me, Emery, I cleared this room out a, m- a week ago or a month ago and I'm back to square one. And I'd say, right, like, did stuff actually leave the house? And they'd be like, no, I actually actually only tidied it. And that's the problem. Yeah. It's getting the stuff out. Getting it's knowing the, yeah. the difference between a spring clean and a tidy and, and a, a tidy decluttering. And a decluttering. Now, but do, do you have to then start negotiating like the United Nations with people who say, oh, I can't get rid of that place because my great-grandmother once ate cake off that in the hour before she died. Do you ever have to kind of begin those negotiations and, and, and force people to part with their stuff? No, and I never, thank God, in all my in my six years of decluttering, and I've, I've been decluttering from a very young age for the last 30 years on a personal level for both family and friends. Like with, with clutter, decluttering again, my clients are always in control. I don't tell them what to keep or what to throw out. They're in total control. Because again, I always con- consider like decluttering is like an onion. So you're peeling the layers. And there's like you will get to the end of it at some stage. But there's a, every time you go at decluttering, there's another layer peeled. So I'd always say, if it's very sentimental, hold on to it. And there might be items, Jonathan, that you or me will never, ever get rid of because they're very sentimental or they're, they're very valuable to us. But it's all about you have to be ready to let go. And if you can't force decluttering, you have to be, you have to be ready. And I only work with clients who are fully 
100% committed to my transformations because I take away my client's clutter because that's another hurdle that I see uh, with with people when I speak to them as well as my clients. They don't know where to take stuff. And I'm all about re-educating people, sharing like I'm all about, do you know about sustainability, about, do you know, taking things to the right places. I'm very lucky here where I'm based in Clannacilty that I have seven charity shops in my doorstep, Yeah, which very, very lucky. And I know certain charity shops will take that. They mightn't take this, but I'll find a home for it again. And again, using Facebook and just being really like, even during COVID, I was saying like, think outside that COVID box. Where can I take clutter? Because again, obviously, charity shops closed. But there's a place for everything. Okay. And that's, I suppose, that's the way I'm wired that I will find a home for everything and very little gets wasted. Well, Anne-Marie, uh, you're, I, I'm, I'm thinking now I'm going to hit either the recycling centre hard this weekend or yes. the charity shop, one or the other. I'll definitely find a find a home or at least a dump for some of the stuff we're not using in this house after Christmas. How do people find you? So you can find me, I usually hang out on Facebook at White Sage Decluttering and my website is www.whitesagedecluttering.com. Okay, Anne-Marie Kingston of White Sage Decluttering. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and Happy New Year. And to you. Thank you, Jonathan. And that's it from this episode of Red Business. Thank you so much for listening. Fiona Corcoran was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.